I'm Dave Young. Welcome to the Branding Blog Radio podcast. We've got a special edition of Branding Blog Radio this week. It's Veterans Day, and um, I've got a guy on who, uh, as my guest who uh, I think is is probably the most fitting Veterans Day focused show uh, we, we could possibly have. And uh, I'm excited to talk to him. Uh, we've we've known each other for several years, and uh, we're we're working on a couple of uh, little things together, including this podcast. And uh, well, let's let's just bring him in and and let me introduce you to him, uh, Joe Perez from uh, San Antonio. How are you today, Joe? Hey, good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Well, I'm I'm just thrilled that you could join me on on Veterans Day. This is just so cool. Well, Veteran Day is a is an important day for all of us to uh, reflect on. I mean, it's a it's an important day for our country, and uh, most importantly uh, for our veterans who've served in any of our uh, country's uh, well, uniforms. Yeah, well, well said. You know, and and that that thank you especially goes out to you this morning. Well, I, I, I appreciate, appreciate your service. I I always try to do that. I, I try to thank people that that I that I meet that that I know have served their country. Uh, in the military, my, my father was in World War II. He's he's been gone for twenty years, but I, it's an opportunity that I never had, or at least never took advantage of, never pursued. Probably about the time that you went in, uh, you did you enlist, or how, how did you how did you end up joining the the army? Right? Yeah, I was the army. I, I just uh, you know I was always uh, a kid that uh, was interested in the military. My dad was uh, in the service during the Vietnam era. And, he only served for uh, uh, one tour and, and got out and pursued his own business. And and uh, but being focused on the military and just wanting to uh, serve our country has always been something that my family is um, um, held in in high regard. So that's something that's kind of built in me. My uncles and things of uh-huh. the Marines, uh, uh, mainly in the Marines. And and uh, when I decided to join the Army, they were. They're beating me up because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're telling me, you know what, I was a wimp. But, uh, oh, dear. You know, but, uh, uh, you know, and that's where I came from. I mean, I had another uncle who served in the Air Force. So that's those are the kind of military family. Issues. That's, that's yeah, awesome. So, so you went in, you enlisted in, uh, in May of 84. Yep. About the time I was uh, finishing up my, uh, my college education. So, I mean, we're, we're about the same age. I graduated in, uh, in 83 and, and, um, Immediately went into college because that's what my parents wanted me to do, and uh, it just it wasn't for me. You know, I was uh, you know I'm kind of more of an adventurous kind of guy. I want to get out. I wanted to see some of the world and just you know have a little bit of adventure. And you know, I chose chose the army. I wanted to just travel, so I did. And well, hey, I yeah, looking home. looking at uh, looking at your resume, you you did a lot of travel, and and so you were you were in. Um Oh gosh, uh, what four years as as an infantryman, and then it was off to bigger and better adventures. I, as I, you know, what came to mind as I was looking at your resume because you you've got a lot of these places in the in the uh, offices and and uh, assignments that you uh, you served in. Uh, th- this would be the kind of a character that Tom Clancy would write into one of his books. <laughs> that's that's funny that you should say that. I when uh, he was writing Clear and Present Danger. He came to Fort Ord, California, where I was stationed, and he, uh, my company was selected actually to perform various uh, battle drills so that he can witness firsthand. He was a he was a meticulous. Uh, I, I guess he still is. I think I don't know if he's still alive, but he was m- always meticulous in, in doing research on what his stories. So were you're actually be. in his books. 
Well, uh, uh, Bravo Company, third of the seventeenth, is in that book. Um, uh, uh, it's a clear and present danger, and he he kind of threw a, a little deal about there. And in the hardcover version of the book, when it first came out, you know, he he uh, uh, thanked uh, our leadership, our you know battalion commander and our division commander for allowing him to to come out and visit with us. So we demonstrated some stuff for him, and and uh, he actually talked about my specific uh, unit you know my actual squad and platoon which we uh, perform these things for so it was pretty fun that's that is so cool so <laughs> I'm, cool, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember i know i've read clear and present danger is that is that the one what, what's the the main plot that's line of that the main plot is they go down to columbia okay that's uh, the one yeah to, uh, they go down to columbia and kind of take care of a drug lord and that's, yeah, and seeing that, so, that t- yeah so the scene and at that time our our Unit was uh, our area of responsibility, or if, you know, if the balloon went up, uh, so to say, mm-hmm. that's where we would go. We would go down in the Central South America. That was our area of operation. So, we trained towards jungle fighting and, and uh, um, that sort of thing. It was a lot of fun, man. It was excellent. Well, that how fascinating. So, you were you were after your I don't know what what you'd call it your your basic My tour. stint of mm-hmm. uh, as as a, an infantryman. Uh, you you got into military intelligence, counterintelligence. Yes, sir. Yeah, I became a counterintelligence special agent. Um, uh, you know, I I loved the army. I, I really enjoyed it, uh, but I did realize that uh, it was probably not the most. Uh, um, I guess it wasn't the best step for me for my career and what I wanted to do. I mean, uh, uh, after uh, some years in the infantry, man, it beats you up. It beats your body up and. You know, frankly, I mean, I was looking for um, my future and, and developing a skill set that I can use on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I ended up uh, choosing uh, military intelligence. Uh, I was accepted both into that and then, uh, um, special forces engineer school, but I, I ended up going with the intelligence field. So it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, it was at the height of the Cold War. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I was a young, I was a young kid, and a very young cherry agent, <laughs> uh, <laughs> getting out there and, and getting posted in Europe, uh, specifically in Germany, um, where I was. You know, I worked as a tactical counterintelligence special agent, so I, I actually wore a green suit. I was went out to the woods, and we we looked at the tactical side of counterintelligence, uh, which is. Um, has been really been used uh, in the last, uh, you know, in the Gulf War and Afghanistan uh, to a high degree. But during the Cold War, uh, we weren't at a, you know, gun-toting, shooting war sure. sort of deal. So it was more of a train uh, for uh, that in- that type of incident to occur. But So after uh, a little bit of time doing that, uh, I elected to go and, and uh, I volunteered for uh, – uh, more strategic level uh, okay. intelligence, and then when, when I ended up doing that, you know, I I kind of left the confines of the green suit army, and I kind of wore civilian clothes and ran. And what I what I, we did was I was assigned to a unit that uh, um, followed Soviet officers around Europe. Basically, we we did surveillance on the Soviets that were in Germany legally. Uh-huh. It was a it was a unit called the the Smellum Detachment, the Soviet <laughs> Liaison Military <laughs> Detachment, yeah, um, uh, Soviet Military Liaison Mission uh, Detachment. So, what we would do is uh, 
they were here legally. They were in Germany, in, in West Germany, legally as kind of like a, um, a big brother to uh, overseeing what the American army and, and the um, the Allied units in, mm-hmm. in, in the Free West were doing and were up to ensuring that we were not, you know, gearing up uh, to attack. And we had the same thing on the East German side, and we did the same thing. We followed then we tried to you know, ascertain whether uh, they were building up and uh, the the game here was to follow these folks around and um, hopefully catch them uh, in a uh, restricted area because not all areas were open for them right so catch them in a restricted area and if we were able to stop one they could um, uh, basically we'd, be, we'd catch them and, and um, detain them there and then they'd be basically uh, persona non grata they'd be kicked out of the country hmm. which would be a, um, a, a huge uh, incident an international incident you know uh, and uh, would kick them out and uh, it was all, that was the game wow so, so did, did you ever find that you were like following each other you know no I mean? <laughs> uh, no they were they were they were they were good at what they did I mean they they were very good at uh, ensuring uh, um, they, they lulled you to sleep basically and and doing such mundane things, and next thing you know, if you weren't paying attention, um, <laughs> you'd, you couldn't find them. It was like, where are they? Huh. So we'd go on a massive, uh, basically, hunt on um, through you know the back roads and autobahns of Germany, and that was just the game, you know. And so this is so that late, was the, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, mid eighties, mid eighties. Uh, uh, got there in eighty eight, but uh, basically from nineteen eighty five uh, up until when the wall came down. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were the the days when uh, action was occurring just nonstop. I mean, it was just all oh, you know. So I mean, from a I guess from uh, the 1985 1985 was known as the year of the spy um, when uh, many uh, uh, Americans actually uh, were caught, um, you know, mm-hmm. c- uh, committing espionage. Um, John Walker. I mean, it was it was it was it was the years of John Walkers and. Uh, but that's when they were caught. So they had been performing, you know, espionage activities, um, you know, several years before that, obviously. So d- how how long in Germany then? Four years? Is uh, that what you said? Well, I spent, uh, yeah, I actually spent two tours in Germany. Um, uh, so I, I was in Würzburg, Germany, um, in the Bavaria area. Uh, and then I was up in Frankfurt, uh, where I was assigned to that uh, Smellum detachment. Okay. I uh, spent some time in Berlin. Uh, really nice. I was there when the wall came down. It was, it was amazing, amazing time. Uh, can't can't believe, but it's been 21 years now since that occurred. It's just nuts. Were you there for uh, Reagan's speech? No, no. I was, <laughs> I was already gone. We were. Already, uh, I was already in the United States and uh, um, stationed at uh, McDill. Well, no, the, it was before the before the wall came down, where he where he said, uh, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall." Yeah, I wasn't there. Okay, <laughs> I was not. Uh, I didn't rate that high of a. <laughs> <laughs> but when no, the wall probably, came down, you were right there. I was there, man. That was. I got chunks of the wall. It was a, a lot of fun. I was actually in, in uh, uh, that next. That happened in uh, um, November, and uh, of eighty nine, and and uh, so. Uh, I just happened to be there. I knew things were happening, so it was just you know I was actually on my own time, spent some time up there. But then uh, soon after that, then I was uh, there in Berlin on a, on a project, and um, I was there actually in March of '90, and uh, there that was when the first 
official free elections were going to occur on uh, in East Berlin or in mm-hmm. East Germany. Uh, so uh, there was a lot of angst in the air. People were kind of nervous um, uh, because because there were free elections. There was going to be um, communists on the ticket as well as Democrats and Greens and the, the whole gambit of, sure. of political parties. And uh, folks were literally sitting on <laughs> – uh, on suitcases, uh, waiting for the outcome. Because if the communists would have won again, um, there would have been another mass exodus out of <laughs> East Berlin. You know, oh, I suppose, been. yeah. But uh, that was it. Was just exciting, man. It was just a. It was a lot of fun. It was really good. So, have have you been back? Uh, I did go back. Uh, I got uh, you know I went I was stationed in McDill, and then. Uh, you know, I ended up uh, 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 resigning from the program I was in and, and went back to like the regular green-suited army. Ended up back in San Antonio, mm-hmm. where I uh, was was senior special agent in a detachment at Fort Sam Houston, and um, decided that I was going to, uh, you know, end my military career. This was after the first Gulf War, and um, you know, they they were looking for ways to to lower, you know. Um, um, let people leave the military. I mean, they were downsizing the military sure. in a big way then. And, and um, you know, I just, I couldn't get promoted anymore. Uh, it was just, you know, it's kind of like a promotion uh, hiatus. And so I, I decided to get out and, and, and rejoin my family's business. But before that, uh, in the Army's infinite wisdom and and uh, uh, the decision, I mean, they just wanted to get one more out of me. So they sent me to Bosnia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. That's, they were going to send me to Bosnia, so I go. I went. I ended up back at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, where I started in the army, and to get retrained and you know get get you reprepped for a combat zone. And uh, uh, I ended up going to Frankfurt, Germany, uh, and that's where they kind of disperse you out. It's called the replacement detachment, Repo Depot. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, I was I was in a happy camper. I was just like, man, this sucks. I'm gonna. I got to do this again, and, and uh, you know I got another year and a half. Or you were all you were all left. set to join the the family business yeah. back in San Antonio, yeah, and now you're I'm back in Germany. Learning exactly. So I said, well, hey, you know I can stand on my head for another year and a half, two years. Uh, so you know uh, I get to the replacement detachment, and, and next thing you know is uh, some guy is looking for me, uh, yelling out my name, Mister Perez, Mister Perez, and, and I'm like, well, I was kind of nervous because when you got People yelling your name out, and uh, it was probably about three o'clock in the morning. That's never and good, thinking, is it? <laughs> never good. I'm thinking it's, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, death in the family or something crazy. Yeah. It just started going through my mind, and, and I was dog tired. It was, it was just crazy. And, um, I finally, you know, grabbed this young lieutenant yelling my name. I'm like, what's the problem, man? <laughs> so he pulls me into a little room, and, and and he just says, "Sit right here." And I'm like, "Oh, this is not good." And um, so I'm kind of let. Let me cool my heels there for about 20, 30 minutes, and a, and a major comes walking in. Uh, Mr. Perez it says, look, I'm not Mr. Perez. I'm Sergeant Perez. This is who I am. I was a senior sergeant then, and, and uh, uh, um, I just told him. I says, what's up? And he says, he hands me an envelope and says, there's a car waiting for you. Get in the car. Move out. I'm like, what the hell is going on with it? <laughs> Next thing you know. Tom Clancy I, I, in the car? Or? I was like, what's up with this? And I got, I got, a, I got an envelope, and it's sealed. And, uh, uh, you know, they had all my bags. They had my duffel bag and all my stuff uh, waiting on the, on the tarmac. And I said, okay, no problem. Next thing you know, I'm on this little puddle jumper, you know, small little uh, uh, prop jet 
turboprop and, and I'm getting in there and there's a, you know, there's, there's these different, uh, um, NATO officers in there. I mean, I, I think there was a Greek guy and I'm, I'm dog tired, man. This is like zero six in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. I'm just tired. And, uh, these guys are not happy. <laughs> They're looking at me <laughs> like, what, in, who the heck are you, man? So I get on the, on the plane and, and I just sit down there and I got all these little NATO guys just looking at me waiting. Obviously they held the plane. They start taking off and, and, uh, you know, I decided to go ahead and look in my this envelope. I opened it up, and it says, uh, you know, there were orders, diversion orders, uh-huh. uh, sending me to a place called Verona. And um, I, I didn't know what that was. I'd never heard of Verona, or at least it didn't ring a bell. And uh, I asked the young little uh, um, stewardess that was going there, the lady that uh, the server there, and I says, uh, she's asking if I want coffee and Whatnot. I said, see, what airspace are we going over? Are we going over Montenegro? What? I mean, Yugoslavian airspace. What are we doing? And uh, uh, and she goes, she's looking at me like I was high. <laughs> she says, no, we're going to Verona. Uh, we're going actually going to uh, Aviano. And then I said, Aviano? That's in Italy, right? She says, yes, you're going to Verona. And she looks at my orders and she says, you're going to Verona. Uh, I was a happy camper then. <laughs> a very happy camper. So... Not going to Bosnia and ending up in, in Italy was very cool. I finally get there. Uh, there's a guy holding a sign that says Mr. Perez on it. I'm like, what in the heck is going on? This is the guy I was replacing. I actually was going to replace this guy. He was retiring, and I was going to take over as the senior special agent uh, for a detachment in a NATO unit. In Verona, so, Italy. In Verona, Italy. So I get in the car. The guy's telling me, hey, uh, man, I can't, I'm glad to see you, you know, yeah, we just found out uh, yesterday that you're going to be diverted and you're coming over here. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I just found out a few hours ago, so I'm happy. <laughs> and uh, I said, man, I, his name was Al. I says, Al, uh, you don't mind if I just rack out. I'm just dog. And he said, yeah, go ahead. So we ended up, we, we took us a couple hours to get from Aviano to, to Verona. And he's waking me up as we're coming into the little town. It's beautiful. And uh, and he says, man, I, I want to apologize ahead of time. I mean, this we didn't we didn't have time to make arrangements for you. Really, we just this is all we could find. So it pulls me up into this uh, into the front of a castle, uh, which <laughs> I lived in for <laughs> almost a year. It was pretty cool. I mean, I lived right on the uh, edge of the Odyssey River, um, about half a block from the piazza, the center of the city. Uh, it was very cool. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was uh, it was one of those things uh, that. Uh, uh, you know, I was cursing the army uh, before I left uh, the U.S., and till, then I was loving it afterwards. Till know, they so provided that. you with your own villa in Verona, <laughs> yeah, my own castle, <laughs> your own castle. <laughs> yeah, the, and the lady that owned the castle, she was, you know, she was still a contessa. You know, she was very, very old. And oh my gosh, you know, she was, it was nuts, man. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was very cool. So, what, what were you doing there? I mean, what? I took over a detachment, a counterintelligence detachment for uh, um, the NATO unit there, um, and uh, basically okay. that's what I was. I was a senior uh, uh, agent on side. We had a we had a young captain who was uh, the boss. We had a, a warrant officer who um, uh, did certain things, and then uh, it was Al, the the guy that I was replacing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we had a couple months there of transition that he. Kind of showed me the ropes, and, uh, and and you know he was he was happy. He had twenty something years in the military, so he was ready to punch out. And you know uh, he kind of he took me to to different places. You know he was a 
a historian, and he was just showed me a lot of the stuff in Italy, and he loved, really he was you know his background was in France, so he he knew France, and it was it was awesome. He introduced me to wine in, in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. Well, that is cool. So so I mean. It, it, Basically, doing the same kinds of things that you were doing in Germany. I mean, you're you're keeping an eye on people and places. Well, and... in this in this case, because it was a NATO um, a unit, our focus obviously was on the conflict in Bosnia. In, in okay, uh, and so you're close by. Yeah, we're close by. You know, we we, we I'm we just not that familiar with with the the landscape of Italy. Couldn't, couldn't well, it's just on the other side of the uh, of the um, uh, you know, it's not too far. It's part of Europe, and you know, it's on really across the the, the body of water there. You know, okay, Adriatic. it was not. It's right there, and um, um, you know, we're, we were just there for support, and then of course we had to maintain the counterintelligence uh, um, support to um, the army units that were within the region uh, that were supporting NATO's mission, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just a lot of fun, man. It was uh, it was awesome. It was more of a vacation, that job. I mean, it really was. It was really nice. And so then you exit so the I, army. Yeah, I ended up back home. Uh, uh, you know, I was ready to leave. Uh, you know, a... Uh, this typical with uh, of a lot of folks in the military, and I got divorced, uh, and uh, that was that was the impetus and the motivation for me to leave because my children, my two sons, were, were pretty young then, and mm. uh, seven and uh, and nine, so I decided to to get out and um, to be close to them, um, and um, you know went back to my family business and took that over as the uh, as a principal and and uh, you know started doing government contracting, which uh, you know kind of grew on me and became pretty, um, yeah. So, so the family business was, uh, and, and I don't know, is it, is it still part of the family? You're, are you, are yeah. you, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You, our family kinda, business. Well, go ahead. I'll let you explain it. Yeah. I've migrated away from it. When I got out of the military, uh, you know, our family's business, um, uh, I grew up in the, in the, in the nursery and landscape business. Okay. Uh, we started the business or my dad did obviously in, in 1969 and, uh, you know, it was touch and go for many years, a small business. I mean, mom and pop, truly mom and pop type of operation. Sure. Uh, There's times, I remember when we were growing up that he had to, you know, go back and get a job because just to make ends meet. You know, he, he taught me a work ethic that to this day, you know, I, I think uh, has stayed with me. And we, we grew up just doing that, me and my siblings. Uh, actually, my, my next younger brother, um, his name is Richard. We basically were the, my dad's, two first employees, you know, so mm. yeah, we were, you know, basically free help, right? Uh, and, and we did what we could, obviously, we're kids, but uh, throughout the years, we just worked for him and, and worked at the company and grew it, and, you know, then we got into the landscape business and, and just changed up because of um, just the changing times in, in, in the economy back then, you know, okay. so... Um, you know, I, I, I did that, and you know, we're we're celebrated. We celebrated our forty second year. Um, um, you know, going strong, and um, you know, it's just it's just a strong business. It's continuing to go. You know, they're very successful, and, and I'm very proud of, of what we've done. And, and my siblings are, I know my other siblings are involved, uh, with the exception of my brother Richard. He's uh, he uh, uh, um, decided to do uh, uh, change. He had, he had a different direction in his career and mm -hmm. he was a uh, you know he went to college he was the first graduate in, uh, of college in our family and uh you know he got involved with uh, city planning and whatnot and he became an assistant to city manager out in, in laredo texas back in the 
you know, early 90s, and, and uh, he just uh, he did really well over there, and so much so that he became, a, you know, was elected or selected as a, a political appointee in the Clinton administration. Wow. And then, yeah, and then he left, and, you know, after, after the, the administration uh, ended, he came back home uh, and rejoined our company. He joined our company back and, um, you know, became an um, elected official. He was a, a city councilman for the city of San Antonio, and, and uh, that wasn't what he wanted to do and what basically drove us, but uh, we had some political graph happening here in, in our part of the town uh, with the councilman that was uh, elected then. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, he was, you know, caught and he was convicted of, a, of some some bad things. And uh, the folks that were trying to fill the void were just, you know, repeats. They looked like they're repeats. And we kind of, you know, encouraged my brother to run, um, you know, and we did. Uh, I became his his treasurer campaign slash campaign manager. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We just decided to, you know, I pulled up a basic you know, army operations order and said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is the, op- <laughs> this is the objective. We're going to do this, 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 and this wrote it down. And, and we followed it. And, and, um, you know, against all odds, against all the political, um, um, heavyweights that were out there that, that had, uh, um, their selected boy or girl, um, that were running against my brother and, you know, he, he won. So, uh, and he served honorably and, and did a great job. Now he's, a uh, now he's the president of the Greater San Antonio Chamber of Commerce. Very proud oh of gosh. So, then that's a nice connection to have too, isn't it? It doesn't and suck. If, if you're going to be in business <laughs> in San Antonio, yeah, my brother's the president of the chamber. Uh, that's, and it's the largest chamber. I mean, we got we have nearly two two thousand uh, members. Um, uh, I, I've been involved in the chamber for many years. I mean, before he was, uh, you know, president, um, I was mm-hmm. on the board and. You know, I've served various years on the board and executive committee, and, and um, you know, last year I decided to step down off the board to concentrate on my new company, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's been well, but, you know, I've been asked to uh, um, serve on the board again, and, and uh, the new chairman uh, um, has uh, asked me to serve on his uh, on his board, so I will do so again, and, and I'm really excited about that. Well, congratulations. That's really cool. Thanks. That's it's good to, to give back to your community. That's That's so awesome. I'm, and and I think you know what what a lot of business owners don't realize is that that giving is is what ends up getting you places as well. Dave, that's a, that's, that's such a good point. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of times when you know I, I've mentored people before. You know, small folks trying to or, or not small folks, but but people that are trying to create a small business and and and, uh, and do something. And you know, you can really tell who wants to do. Um, Who's motivated because they they either like their product or they like their service or they're really just they they want to do the right thing, and then you got folks that are uh, you know primarily motivated by just money, uh, mm-hmm. and and I tell you to me, uh, I can count on my one hand actually a couple fingers somebody who's been motivated by money and being successful. That's just not what, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. I don't think it's not what's what's going to help you. I mean, you got to really be focused on on doing the right thing if you want to do if you whether it's a service or or, or a product or or you want to be a builder or something you, you just got to be you got to have that uh um the desire to do um what's right versus yeah i mean you you got to give to get and that's that's it. uh, always the first step and sometimes it's hard to see sometimes it's hard to do yeah 
So the the twelve years in in the family business, the the career in the military, I I, I get a kick out of you because um, before, <laughs> <laughs> that's still such a big part of who you are, yeah, right? Uh, which and that's not that's it's a great thing. When when we were uh, we were chatting just a few minutes before we started recording, we're, we're doing this on Skype, and you you had to step away from the desk just for a second. And, and most of us would be, would say something like, hang on a sec, or hey, wait, wait a minute, cool your jets or something like that. You, you said, stand by. You know, it's those little things you, you probably don't ever even know you're doing it, but it's, it's, that's standby. That, that, that's so direct. And it's, uh, it's such a uh, kind of a military thing, right? I mean, you want people to wait, you, you tell them to stand by. That's the most direct, clear way to say it. I didn't even, that's, that's, uh, I didn't even know I did that. Uh, you know, just, you just pick up on little things like that. So that's, that's really cool. It's put you in a good place. That army experience, that family business experience, helping in, in the political arena really put you in a, in a good place to start this new business, which you, you started in, uh, 2010. Is that right, Mark? Yeah. May, May of last year. May of actually, last year. Yeah. I founded a company, um, you know, like I said, I was with my family's business. I mean, we were basically on autopilot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a successful business. It's doing well. We're making good money. Uh, it, maybe not so much now with this economy, but I mean, it, it's we've had uh, we've had a, a great, great uh, success with uh, government contracting. I mean, that's that's what I know. I know government contracting. We've been very successful in that. And you know, I just I've been in that business all my life, other than my military career, and I kind of wanted to do something different. Uh, and because of my um, service on the chamber board, I've served on multiple committees. One of them uh, that I've served on since the beginning is the Military Affairs Committee. Okay. And uh, we had a we had a young lady come in uh, a few years ago uh, and give us a briefing and start telling us uh, the plight of many of our veterans that are coming back from uh, war. You know, both Afghanistan and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only are they coming back broken uh, because of um, PTSD issues, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a very violent uh, conflict. You know, uh, guys get saved very quickly because of just advances in military medicine, but uh, you know, they still come back scarred. Maybe not physically, but emotionally and mentally. Yeah, and so, sometimes both. It's, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible, but yeah, she was giving us a briefing, and then she says, "You know, we got our economy is starting to before the the collapse. You know, the economy is starting to get tighter and tighter, and these guys are coming back, and they're not finding any jobs. Mm. Um, um, you know, they're just they're they're not the first folks to get picked up for for jobs. You know, when there's needed, and then if you know, I knew that, and then the economy went south, and the, it became even worse. Yeah, so um, I." You know, I saw that, and I just every time I picked up a paper, or I got another briefing or something, and, and it just man, I, I just thought to myself I need to do something about it. And you know, I, um, understanding the government and what they do, and, and some of the um, attractive and, and I guess beneficial um, laws that have been passed uh, for um, veterans to create businesses uh, are out there. And I, and I said, man, you know, I started putting together some ideas and I decided to create a business that would help hire these veterans and service disabled veterans um, into what I know, you know, kind of like a, um, 
what I know is I grew up in the construction surrounded by construction, the arena, construction arena, mm-hmm. landscape, and all, and, and all the, you know, because of that, I, you know, I was around a lot of trades, electrical, plumbing, um, um, tile setters. I knew, I know a lot of those guys, you know. Sure. So I decided to, you know, to, to create a business that would um, hire these kind of folks in the, uh, in the construction arena. And in addition to that, into the what's called the facility support services arena. That's where I made my bones. That's what I know. I mean, we did, uh, when I led my family's business, we, we did uh, landscape maintenance. Uh, but we did landscape maintenance for whole military installations. Okay, so so then that's what facility support services is. Yeah. So, so uh, the government military lingo is facility support services. The uh, civilian lingo would be, oh, you're the company that takes care of the landscape at the veterans hospital. Yeah, or, or you know, the operations and maintenance of a, of a facility. So if I come over and says, "Hey, man, I make your lights work," or "Hey, I pave your roads on a recurring basis," or okay. you know, I stripe your 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 uh, parking lots," you know, I pick up the trash. A- anything that's a that's a that, that would take that you need to operate in, in uh, a building and make it efficient. You know, keeping the lights on and the, and yeah. the air conditioner working, that sort of stuff. All those things that, that you don't need soldiers to do. Correct. So that's where I kind of made my bones. But that fits so so easily with construction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided I was going to do that. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of times you, you'll hear someone say, man, you've been really lucky. Um, <laughs> well, you know, for me, I think luck follows people that do. <laughs> you know, so if you do something and you, and you keep at it, uh, people are going to either want to join you or help you. Yeah, well, because, you know, 30 years of getting yourself in the right position yeah. uh, with the right experience and the right focus and the right uh, people that you know, if you want to call that luck, I suppose you could. But Well, uh, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, people will, people will, uh, um, will say, God, you're really lucky. And, and one of the ones is, is uh, you know, I recently, you know, when I started my business, I was going to start it the traditional way, you know, get a small business loan and and um, just just go out and do it, mm-hmm. you know, and and just pray that uh, my business plan was strong enough to to uh, go. Well, I got a call from a a good friend of mine who uh, I had, had my association with. I first met in, in the chamber. Uh, he served on one of my committees uh, while I was chairman of the what was called the Area Business Councils. We became friends and uh, kept in contact. He works for a very large, actually the largest San Antonio-based uh, general contracting firm. It's a company called Bartlett Cock General Contractors. Uh, and, and this is a highly ex- respected company and it's been around for 52 years, started by a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, you know, I had told him that I was wanting to do this. I wanted to start a business to hire vets and service-disabled vets and get myself certified as a, as a service-disabled veteran firm and, and all the different things that allow you to get in and get a, um, a kind of like a leg up as a small business in government contracting. You know, I, it worked once before with my family's business, so I was going to basically recreate it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this is right at the time the economy is just, just in the doldrums. And, you know, he, he, he called me and said, hey, you know, we're looking at trying to create an alliance with uh, some small businesses that are doing just that. I said, wow. So, um, you know, I came in, met the leadership here, the president and, uh, you know, the, the vice president of the company and uh, told them what I was doing and, and 
they just offered, you know, and they just came out straight out and asked me after about a 20 minute, you know, discussion and how can we help? Wow. So, um, uh, you know, and, and this was of course, because they want to do the right thing, but they also see that there's an opportunity here for a large business to work with a small business and get work at the federal level that they could not otherwise get because there's a lot of contracting opportunities set aside for small businesses and a large business can't go after. They just can't do it. So they can create these, these kind of strategic alliances that... Exactly. So we ended up uh, creating a, an alliance and, and uh, they became my mentor company and they just, uh, I mean, they just, uh, my hat's off to them. They're just incredibly... Um, um, strong and, and uh, uh, you know they they just got a really good uh, um, uh, ethic to helping their community and and, I, and that's what I want to be you know I I, I uh, strive to emulate that uh, myself because it's just it's just a good company and so and you you, you sent me you sent me your your brochure and the, the company by the way is is Frontline Support Solutions right and um, one of the really telling things about your character and about your your commitment to uh, helping your your fellow veterans is just in 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 the wording of uh some of the materials that you you have about your business Joe um you you talk about that that you created the company as a vehicle to provide employment opportunities to fellow able and disabled veterans interested in federal contracting opportunities and I I think really one of the cool things too is that, is that you've also told me as, as we've talked over the last few months that that um in your heart of hearts, what what you really are trying to do is help these guys not just find employment, but but actually uh, to start their own business to to become yeah. entrepreneurs. You know, Dave, I will tell you that. Um, let's look at the situation. You know, history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've heard that. I mean, that's a uh, whether it's anecdotal or, or or a fact. I mean, it does, in my opinion. Um, after World War II. Um, you know, after the the the, the collapse of uh, of uh, Germany and and uh, and, and um, Japan, and when we finally won the war, and all the Allies were ha- Allied forces were happy, you know, we had a million people, million soldiers or or, or, or uh, uh, veterans come back home, and with the help of the GI Bill and and uh, just getting back home, we had the an unprecedented growth in our economy. I mean, mm-hmm. but th- it didn't happen right at 1945. It happened about five years later when these kids came back, took advantage of the GI Bill and started their companies and started just different things and, uh, with education. Well, we're doing the same thing now. We've been in combat or we've been in war for over a decade. Yeah. There's been new, new uh, 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 emphasis placed on the new GI Bill, which while I served, I, I was not uh, a privy to. But this new GI Bill is allowing these kids, coming, or not kids, I mean these, these veterans coming back from, um, from war, combat, to take advantage and do the same thing. So in my estimation, once we completely pull out of these wars, and, and I'll tell you, we're going to go through the same thing we happened in the, in the 90s when they were trying to uh, downsize the military, uh, you can have excess capacity. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, um, I just, in my heart of hearts, I believe that there's folks that have gone through the crucible of, of combat to, that can say, you know what, it's not so bad if I have to stay up real late or get up really early in the morning to go to work. They have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you 
put together that with uh, education and opportunities that our federal government is putting out in the form of, of business loans to help start companies, um, I think we're going to have another boom. Uh, it's probably not going to be another baby boom, but it's going to be another uh, um, situation like we had after World War II. And, and it's happening. It's happening now. And I want to be uh, on that wave. I'm, I'm trying to catch that wave now. And it's happening now. Um, and uh, I, I believe that the folks that that take advantage of those things now, mm-hmm. between now and the next five to seven years, are going to be so much uh, more ahead than the guys that are coming back and they're finishing up, you know. But the, that's just that's that's what I believe, and that, you know, I just I've I've, I've found um, evidence to that fact and and uh, interest from our political leadership in Washington to put monies aside. I mean, the president was speaking about that just earlier this week about what we should do for veterans coming back for the war. Mm-hmm. So those things are happening. It's happening now. And the folks that take advantage of it now are probably going to be very helpful. So that's why, you know, my desire to help people learn a trade that's different from the military, but sure. embodies much of what's, you know, the, the characteristics that you need to serve in the military of, of drive, motivation, uh, fuel expediency, uh, um, those things are, are what make um, small businesses successful. And frankly, I mean, the more small businesses we can create, the faster our economy will get back on, on an even more. keel. You know, and, and, and I, think, I think the other thing, you know, when, when, when we talk about companies being either uh, unwilling or maybe just apathetic about hiring veterans, um, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because sometimes the best thing for, for anybody to do, we, we think about, so many Americans think about uh, job security being uh, getting a good job with, with some big corporation and, you know, working towards retirement. And in, in reality, self-reliance has always been uh, a more secure position to be in than relying on uh, a, a big company to, to provide for you. And yeah. by self-reliance, I mean e- either... Uh, working for yourself or starting your own business, uh, if, if you have that kind of self-reliance, you know you can always do something to put bread sure. on the table. You, well, I'll tell you, you know, there, you there's... can adjust, you can you can uh, redeploy in other directions. I mean, you 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 basically, as a small business owner, have to take that army mentality, don't you? Well, you sure do, and I, you know, but I will tell you that there, you know, there's a lot of folks that. You know, and I've met I've met some just as as recently as as this week. I mean, ha, you know, I just I just want a good job, uh, and uh, you know, when somebody tells me that, um, that's good. I mean, I, I appreciate that, and and you you need people that want a good job, mm-hmm. but you want to you need to have people that are going to give those good jobs, and so it's a give and take when you're a business owner, and, and uh, you know. I, I paid some of my guys yesterday. Yes, you know, payday was yesterday, and and I went out to the field and saw some of my laborers. And you know, we came out there and I says, "Hey, look, you know, they're very appreciative. I mean, I've hired several homeless vets already, and and, and you know, I just they've been they just been down their luck, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, you know, they're just basically doing basic labor work right now because of their skill set, and you know, they they just they're they're older veterans." Uh, that have been uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, you know, in, in, 
in, in bad way with either drugs or alcohol and that sort of stuff. You know, had some problems with the law. But, you know, I, those are veterans too. You know, and, and my, you know, what I've, part of my business is that I've decided that, you know, at a minimum 50% of my staff is going to be veterans. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I know right now when I'm a small business, it's okay. But when I start growing my business to uh, hopefully, you know, into uh, double digits and uh, large double digits or even triple digits, I mean, that's going to be difficult to find the right guys to be. But I, it, I, I do believe that they're gonna, they're out there, and um, uh, the guys that are wanting to guys and gals, I mean, uh, they want to do this uh, in the construction and and in, in support arenas. So what what happens with these guys is you know, and, and I'm getting a little bit off of the ta- you know on tangent, but when you talk about these folks wanting a good job, you know, you want you need employers that want to give a good job. Sure. And when I say that, I mean uh, what 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 just really just pisses me off is when I hear uh, a guy or a company trying to hire a veteran because they know, you know, they show up on time, they're there, they're motivated, they do whatever you need, and this and that. Uh, but then they want to give them some some substandard pay. Um, that they they would that they would otherwise give to uh, a regular civilian guy that would come walk through the door that that just doesn't that doesn't equate to me I just don't understand why somebody would would want to get this level of uh, employee and want to pay them less I just yeah. just, just uh, I don't understand it um, uh, so that kind of irks me when I when I hear and when I find out about things like that but. You know, so if you get folks that uh, um, work at a McDonald's and their minimum pay is nine bucks, why the hell would you pay somebody eight fifty because he's a veteran? <laughs> that should be the other way around. You should pay them higher, but, but oh, I agree. Because you know you're going to you know, get we digress. You know you're going to get the 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 discipline, the 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 self discipline, the the Absolutely. adherence to to rules and policies and those kinds of things that you're just not going to get from Absolutely. Uh, from most you know young kids coming out of high school or people that that have different job every 6 months doing doing all those 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 kinds of entry level type work look at it this way so if you got a if you got a kid if you got a kid that that comes to you and says hey you know hey I'm a veteran and he's 20 years old mm-hmm. that means that he served at least one tour in the service uh, 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 that's why he's looking for a job. He's already served one tour in the service, and so you got a young trooper. He's twenty years old. I mean, I can guarantee you, if he comes and t- shows you his DD two fourteen, or he's told you, "Hey, I, I'm filling out this application," and, and you're looking at a at a group of five different people, and he's the only one that served in the military, it would be asinine for you to pick somebody else because this guy is going to be there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on time. He's going to be motivated. And you know what? He's because of his discipline. When you tell him, "Hey, I need you to do this," he's he's going to respond with, "Yes, sir, I'm on it." Uh, versus saying, "Ah, well, you know, you know, some kind of a, you know, yeah. talk out of the side of his mouth or not want to do that." And because he's also been in in areas where he's been disciplined to understand that um, uh, whatever the job you have, that's the mission you got to take advantage of, or you you have to accomplish. You know, I just believe it's you know that that they're the uh, some of the best employees you can get. Although you have to train them, you have to teach them to be civilians again, which a lot of folks don't want to do. You know, and it kind of maybe it's a it's an no. issue of not knowing how to do. That it. may be it. That so. may be it. I mean, may, maybe there's another opportunity for you, Joe, is is uh, to to help uh, to help other businesses understand just uh, how to hire veterans, uh, how they're how they're unique employees, and and how to help them adjust. 
to uh, to the world of uh, free enterprise as opposed to the world of uh, you know the the army telling you what time you're going to get up and what time you're going to go to bed and where you're going to be all day. Sure. Yeah. That, that's that, it. That may be. And, uh, so, but you know, it, you know, I made the transition. Yeah. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know? <laughs> well, you you made the transition quite well, Joe. Uh, I'm excited for your company. Yeah, I, I think you've got it. some some great things ahead oh, of you. Thank you. you. Um, less than a year old, right? No, uh, no, just over a year old. Year and a half. Yeah, just over a year, about almost a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, we've been very successful. We've picked up some uh, pretty good projects out at the VA and, and federal. You know, it's federal work. Um, uh, really excited. Um, you know, we're just going on. I mean, I, I'm I'm up to I'm up to eight employees now. Uh, Five of them are vets, so you know those are things that just, um, you know, just keeps. That's what keeps me uh, getting up in the morning and moving forward. Well, you know, I, beyond I, that, and beyond my family, I mean, I, well, my wife has been. <laughs> God, I tell you, she's been awesome, man. She's, she's uh, been with me every step of the way, and she's uh, supported me every way, and, and she's just incredible. That's great. Well, I uh, congratulations on your success. Um, Thanks, man. And I, I, I just want to stay in touch and and uh, hear about uh, how Absolutely. things how things are going with the frontline support solutions. Um, can't thank you enough, mm. both both for doing this interview and and again well, for for your service to our country, especially the that last part taking care of that castle in in Verona. You know, somebody had <laughs> well, to do it. Somebody had to do it. Hey, you know, I tell you what, you know, when they say you got to fall on your sword for your country, I'm on it. <laughs> place like that is okay i'll do it that's right and and I, now i got to reread uh, clear and present danger and uh see if i can pick you out yeah there was a guy named chavez in there sure oh uh, yeah he was the uh young latino guy yeah so well now uh, isn't isn't uh, that know, wasn't chavez not me okay well but chavez was an ongoing character in in lots of his books wasn't he if, if i well, remember uh actually uh, uh I can't remember, but Chavez was the young trooper from uh, from uh, the, the army that was kind of recruited into the CIA or okay, something like yeah. that. Uh, but he so. he makes appearances in in well anyway yeah we we get off yeah. on Clancy again the the way we started now now we're finishing up well Joe again thank you very much uh, I I can't wait to hear I, more I and I and you. I know I know that uh, we'll ha- we'll have another another opportunity to talk uh, at some point in the future and um, maybe we can hear some of the success stories about. Uh, how some of your employees, some of the veterans that you're helping, uh, have have either had success working with you and for you, and then uh, I'm looking forward to the day when we have those stories of, hey, we we helped them get their feet on the ground, uh, got some good employment experience, and then found an opportunity that they could go out and and be their own, uh, be their own boss, start their own company. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 the, the, ba- the biggest part of you know the reason I started this was to help folks start their own business and you know you know because i'm an entrepreneur at heart i want to i want you know i like starting businesses and start doing different things you know i've done worked on various smaller things and some mm-hmm. have been successful and some have been flops but every one of them has been a learning experience and what i want to do is i want to help those that are interested in entrepreneurship um start their own business i mean you know and, and that is the uh to me is the penultimate uh, success story i mean whether they make a million dollars or they make enough to to hire a couple employees and feed their own family and a couple people because every one of my guys is you know is a family that mm-hmm. uh, you know works with us you know it's part of our team you know it's just a, that's that's what uh, that's what I'm looking for you know and I, that's what I want to do. 
Well, thank you very much for, for being uh, such a great guest on, on Veterans Day. And I know that Frontline Support Solutions is closed uh, today on Veterans Day, and, and uh, you've earned that day off, Joe. I hope you well, enjoy thanks, it. Thanks, man. I, hope I appreciate you it. it. I really appreciate uh, everybody's service uh, that has served in, in our uh, military. Joe Perez from uh, Frontline Support Solutions has been our guest today on Branding Blog Radio, the podcast. I'm Dave Young. Thanks for listening.